Well, this is Cynthia Borsellino, and I want to welcome you back to Beloved Unveiled, where we get to unveil the Father's heart to us in new ways of seeing Him and knowing Him as He unveils who He is to us. And I wanted to start off today with a prayer that I used to pray it like every morning, and sometimes I would sing it out. Um, I've taught it to some of my grandchildren, and I didn't write this prayer. I don't even know who wrote it. I might have helped write it. I don't even remember because it's been so long ago, but um, it's a different season, but it's just a powerful prayer, kind of surrendering ourselves to the will of God. So I'd like to share that with you. It starts off, I used to start my morning saying, Good morning, Lord Jesus. And I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for breathing the air in my lungs this morning, for opening my eyes to the great abundant world that you've created. And Father, I thank you for claiming me as your worthy daughter, you say worthy child, for creating me in your perfect image and equipping me with every single thing that I need to succeed. For with you, I can do all things. Lord, I ask that you would walk before me today, that you would lead the way. And Jesus, protect me from any noise, any voice, any distraction that would try and stray me from your plan. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill my heart and my soul with your presence. And I ask that you would convict me each and every step of the way to achieving my ultimate destiny. Father, fill me with your unending love and compassion, your grace and your patience for every single person and circumstance that I encounter today. Relieve me from any worry, stress, or doubt and replenish it with unwavering faith and the faith in you, Jesus. For you are all that I need, and with you all things are possible. So, Lord, fill my heart with the fruits of your Spirit, with love, joy, peace, patience, gratefulness, goodness, humility, and temperance on this day and the days ahead. And I ask all these things in your loving name, Jesus. Amen. And I I feel like that is one that would start my heart and my mind, my thoughts, my being with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving and being thankful just even have another breath of life. So today I wanted to kind of share with you, I felt like God gave me six questions because it seems like this was given to me about when I turned 60. I'm actually 61. I'll be 62 in a few months in January 2021. And I wanted to share kind of where God was preparing me. I have looked back over the years, I have seen different seasons come and go, and the Lord is a God of seasons. And I think that as we embark upon each new season, I think we can encounter Him in ways, if we're open, to embrace each season and say, what do you have for me, Lord, in this season? One of the questions that He kind of put upon me about six questions in in these seasons especially when I turned 62. It was like, God, what would life look like for me if I really trusted you completely? The second question was, what do I need to do towards the journey to that life, to trusting you completely? And also, what are you trying to show me, Lord? What are you trying to show me or teach me in this current season in my life? And God, what do you, what do you want me to bring with me in this next season of life? What do you want me to leave behind in my next season in life? And then what and who shall I be paying more attention to in this new season? So I wanted to address each of these questions it's in, in a way of whatever season we're at, if we're in our 20s, in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, those are all new seasons, 70s, 80s. And God has something specific in that season of our life for us to grab a hold of with Him as He kind of takes us on to a new threshold. You know, years ago, I think it was in my late 30s where I was really getting healing and kind of coming to know him in a beautiful way that he was for me and not against me. And that he was a God of life, not a God of death, that he was a God of abundance, not of 
poverty or lack, <laughs> that he's a God of increase, not decrease, they, that they're real and there's something that we can grab hold of in that. And that's something he showed me in, in each season when I was going into a new season, like when my kids were teenagers, that to really embrace be, them being a teenager, not to buy into the lie that rebellious teenagers. And there's a whole other thing about that that I've been exploring and learning about, that adults are the ones who become rebellious. Um, teenagers are only living out what is in their life at that time because they're still children. The word teenager didn't come into effect till, you know, I think it was the 1940s, 50s. And something to kind of look at is they used to be called children, not teenagers. And then we want to, you know, I know that people have a lot of conflict about that and controversy in regards to rebellious teenagers. But I chose not to call my children rebellious. And I chose to embrace and love them in a way that I had to see my own rebellion and what was I feeding into their life. And I can I can tell you a story about my son. He's got a, a really gift of compassion and um, people love him when he was in high school. Well, even all through all the years that he was in school too, but he was loved by the teachers a lot. And he got to go into the teacher's lounge in high school. And then one teacher, I think, kind of didn't like that. And he was kind of upset about that. And I tried to talk to him about saying, Michael, you know, that's a boundary too, that the other teachers shouldn't have probably let you be a part of that. And he got upset that I wasn't agreeing with him or whatever. And we got in this big argument. And next thing we know, he calls me the B word. And I slap him. And then he's yelling, oh, I can't wait to get out of this house, you know. And I, I got in the house. My husband was in the other room. And I go into him. I said, Dan, you need to go talk to your son. He's just, oh, I was just so upset that he was yelling that he wants to leave and I couldn't wait till he could get out of the house. And, you know, I was so upset and hurt. And it just was reminding me of my, my childhood. Dan's like, nope, you need to go deal with that. I'm, I'm not going to get involved in that. You and, you and Michael need to work that out. So I just went off and prayed and I cried. I said, Lord, what is going on? And the Lord told me that I was reaping judgment. I was reaping my own judgment. I said, what do you mean I'm reaping judgment? He goes, you've judged your family and your brothers and sisters and your mom and dad that you've judged them. Because of that, you're reaping that. And I'm like, how? Yeah, I didn't get that. And, you know, and then I remember back when we were younger, how we, you know, I couldn't wait to get out of, out of the house. And, you know, my brothers and sisters, we were all kind of always fighting and things going on. And, and I judged that because I said, if I had kids, I would never allow that to happen and blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of a little bit arrogant in that thinking. But even though I was still young, I still was making harsh judgment and I was reaping it. So I went to Michael and I said, Michael, I need to ask your forgiveness. And he looked at me kind of funny. I said, no, no. His first was kind of pushing me. I said, no, no. I what I, I want you to understand about generational sin and stuff. And when there's been unrepentance, it carries on to the next generation. And what I've done is I've reaped, because I've judged my family and my parents for the way they raised us, not releasing it to the father, I'm reaping that judgment. And now Therefore, you're wanting to leave because of the way that I used to feel when I was younger, too. And I said, I'm so sorry, and I don't, I don't want that to happen. I'm not saying what you said to me, calling me a name, and getting upset with the way that you did was okay. I'm just saying that my response and how I've talked to you, and because of what I've believed from the past, has come and taken root in our relationship, and I don't want that to happen. Please forgive me for allowing that to happen. We just hugged, and... It was such a beautiful moment, and God restored our relationship, and it never was the same again, and he never said he wanted to leave, and I was very much involved. My husband and I were very much involved in their lives in their teenage years, and it was a great season of life. I loved being a mom of teenagers, 
and uh, going kids going to prom, which I never I never got to go to. So I felt like God restored a lot of those years back. So one of the questions, the first question was, what what would life look like for me if I really trusted God completely? And I had to trust the Lord in in each season of my life. And when my kids were teenagers, and then they were off to college, and was I freaking out over them going to college? Nope, nope. I looked to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. So God taught me a lot at that time to each season of my life, what's this new season? What do you have for me? And I choose to trust you, Lord, in it. And I'm going to look at it with the expectancy of great and awesome things and relationships. Um, surrender where things aren't working out. Well, where, what do you want to teach me in that? And so um, in this new season, you know, I'm in my 60s. I have to trust him that my life isn't over. Uh, my mind isn't going away. I'm still involved. My grandchildren are now in my life, and what an amazing season that is. I'm just, I'm learning so much in it. And with Dan and I being in our older years, what does that look like for us? Can we, you know, we're learning to garden, that some things that we've never done before. We're learning to be outdoors more, and we're kind of fixing our yard up a little bit differently than we have before. And so, you know, there's just all kinds of things that you can trust the Lord in to say, we're, we're going to look to you and trust you. The relationships are a little bit different and how they, you know, our kids are in their 30s and have children and uh, trusting their parenting and us not getting involved and stepping in where we don't belong and um, having right boundaries, understanding that as well. And then the other thing is, what do I need to do towards the journey to that life? And that's total, like what I was saying is total surrender is that I'm not going to step into boundaries where I don't belong. My children are adults. They're not children. It's not my place to correct them anymore. It's not my place to have a conversation where they didn't invite me into it. If I see something, oh, and I'm going to go butt in. No, it's not my place to do that. If they don't ask me and I'm not invited into that conversation, I'm not going to go there. And that's kind of even with, you know, many of the relationships that I have is when I'm listening or whatever, if, if people aren't asking me what I think or my thoughts and why do I want to inject that into their lives, God's taught me that that's, you know, that's a boundary. Uh, I have to honor that and honor them. And I think that's something that honor has been lost in, in so many, you know, I see it in our culture, especially through Facebook and that, is we don't honor one another that much. And if I'm not asking you or inviting you into that conversation, we just openly go and put it out there. And instead of having a one-on-one conversation, a real relationship where we're really involved in each other's lives and having those conversations, to me, that's where it brings more value. So in this journey into this life of, of truly trusting the Lord, I'm going to look to Him to open up those doors that no man can shut and to close the doors that no man can open. And I'm learning to surrender you know, what I think it should look like and trust Him to lead me to the right doors. And, and when I ask Him and stuff, it's, it's amazing. It's so far better and greater than I think about, and His ways are so far better. And then it says, what are you trying to, you know, what is the Lord trying to show me and teach me in this current season of my life? And there's so many lessons to be learned in each season of life. Um, Like when your children are babies, you know, what is he learning to you about, you know, taking care of this little infant who who has, is totally dependent upon you. Well, that's kind of how we are to be, like when we first come to the Lord, is we're totally dependent upon everything that we do. So each season, it's great to look at all the different seasons of life from, you know, infancy all the way up to a toddler and all the stages of life, they're all very important. And if we if we embrace each and every season, it can be so powerful and impactful for us to live our lives with abundance in ways that 
I, you know, I look back over the years, and I'm like, I am in greater, I am the greatest years that I've ever lived. I am, you know, fulfilling things that I never, ever thought would ever be a, be in my life. Um, and it's not about material things. It's about the relationships that I have. I've, I've gotten to know so many amazing and awesome people, and, and I've, I've gotten to hear the hearts of other people and, and know their journeys and their stories that are so beautiful and how God met them in ways, in some crises even. And I have many that will be coming in and sharing as the weeks unfold of different stories too, and from all kinds of losses and hardships, but to see how God's hand was in all with them through it, how we overcome. And that's kind of the seasons of life too, that sometimes we're in a season of, of drought, and sometimes we're in a season of abundance. And it's how we can be content in either place. And I think that God is more wanting us to have character and kind of like what I shared about the fruits of the Spirit. You know, it's love, joy, peace, patience, gratefulness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, temperance. You know, when when you're operating out of that, His presence, those fruits will manifest. And if those aren't what's manifest, then you have to take a look to say, hmm, where am I not trusting Him? Where have I stepped into a place that maybe is not his best for me. Thank you again for listening. And if you have any comments or prayer requests, please send them to belovedunveiled at protonmail.com. Belovedunveiled at protonmail.com.